What's up? What's good? What's happening? And welcome to She Wants It All podcast. On this podcast, we cover a variety of different topics, but we primarily focus on the ups and downs of womanhood and the complex journey that womanhood entails. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, thank you so much and I appreciate you for listening. If you are coming back to watch another episode, thank you so much and I appreciate you as well. On this episode, I wanted to talk about careers and also to talk about the current state of the world right now. It's a lot going on and I just want to talk about how to make the right career choice for you and my own personal experiences with my career. So if that interests you or, you know, tickles your fancy, I hope that you continue listening. And again, I hope you enjoy. To start off, how are you doing? I know a lot of us are stuck at home. I know a lot of us are not able to go out and hang out with friends or see family members as often as we would like to right now. There's a lot going on. A lot of people are sick. A lot of people are unfortunately passing away. And I just hope that everybody's being safe. I hope everybody is washing their hands, using proper hygiene, social distancing as much as possible so that we can get this illness under control. And with that being said, it's a scary time, you know, no matter where you go. Well, if you do go anywhere, it's probably going to be like the bank or the grocery store, unless you're an essential uh, worker. If you do go anywhere, you can see that people are on edge. People are on edge. People are anxious. They're afraid. A lot of people are angry with the way certain things were dealt, but I think that we just need to try our best to support each other as much as possible. Try to bring some kind of, spread some kind of form of love and laughter. Cause I feel like that's something we all could use right now. And just keep, keep the faith. It, it's hard. It's hard to when you're seeing news conferences every day or you're getting texts and emails and people are posting things on social media. The news outlets are always posting some kind of update. It's hard to it's hard to keep a positive attitude. It's hard to not overthink. It's hard it's hard not to think the worst when things like that are always being shoved in your face every day. And it's okay to unplug. I think right now would be a great time to unplug, especially if your mind is, again, thinking about the worst. If you're having panic attacks, you know, I've seen a lot of people making posts that they're literally having panic attacks when they get home. It's, it's okay to unplug, you know, even if it's for a couple of hours or a day or two, it's okay to unplug right now. It's a lot and it's stressful for everybody. It's a lot. So, you know, you do what you have to do to to try to keep your mental health as balanced as you can right now. I mean, yeah, it's okay to unplug. It really is. And it, it's 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 scary. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a scary time. A lot of things that are going on 
none of us are really certain of what's going on and we're just going by what the media outlets are telling us what the news are telling us but we don't really quite know the severity of what's going on we're seeing what's going on overseas you know we're trying to keep up with what's going on here and it's a scary time it's a scary time and if you're afraid there's nothing wrong with being afraid it's human nature to be afraid of what's not understood. It's human nature to be afraid of the unknown. It's okay to be afraid. And I know it's hard for a lot of people to be stuck at home. <laughs> some people say they're bored. Some people say they're getting tired of being around their families. Some people are trying to find ways to pass the time. Try to pick up another hobby. Maybe write, try to paint. Uh, I found a couple of great apps and games that I've been playing on my phone. I'm trying to write more. Some people are creating content like this. A lot of people are getting on TikTok. As much as I didn't like TikTok in the beginning because it was nothing but kids on there. TikTok is it's, it's not bad. There's a lot of funny people on there. And there's a lot of older adults on there now too. So for me, it's a little bit more tolerable. Uh, no offense. But, um, you know, everyone's trying to find ways to take their mind off things and also keep their spirits up. Just do the best that you can and try to follow the protocols that the CDC recommended. Stay in as much as possible if you can. If you need to, you know, go in your backyard and take a breath air or go for a little walk, just make sure you're you're following social distance, the social distance protocols, and make sure you're washing your hands and following proper hygiene. Uh, this illness has shown us that it doesn't discriminate, doesn't care what race you are, doesn't care what age you are, it doesn't care what political party you are. I I just, you know, I just wanted to say that because it doesn't care what political party you are. It really doesn't. But just be safe try to be try to be safe if you're um i'm a spiritual person again so i i pray talk to god as much as i can we're all just trying to do things to to stay sane <laughs> that's the best way to take uh, to explain it we're all just trying to do things to say to stay look i can't talk today we're all just trying to do things to stay sane that's the best way I can explain it. When you have families and when you have family members that are older, 60 or older, some of them have ailments already. You have little kids. It's and and this this illness does not discriminate age either. You've seen young people pass, unfortunately. You've seen older people pass, unfortunately, and we all just have to work together to try to protect each other. That's the best thing we could do right now. And we have to work together to lift each other's spirits up. Yeah, we have to work together to lift each other's spirits up. If you can check on your friends, send them a text. Make some content. Let your creativity flow. Let it all flow. Let it out. Let it out. Because the world could really use it right now. You know, whatever that may be. The world could really use it right now. And it'd be good for you, kind of like a therapy session just to get it all out. 
So that would be that would be a good thing to do to help keep your mind off of things. But I want to say to all the healthcare workers, the sanitation workers, the bank tellers, the grocery store workers, uh, the pharmacy workers, everybody that's an essential worker and has to be out there in the workforce that unfortunately does not have the privilege of working from home. Thank you guys so much for everything that you're doing. Thank you for helping us to keep some kind of normalcy during this time, even though a lot of us are stuck at home. You guys are helping us to have some kind of routine, helping us to make sure we're fed, uh, take care, taking care of our families and just pretty that you guys are being safe as well because you guys are dealing with this illness head on. So I just want to say thank you to all these essential workers and we're praying that you guys are safe because we know a lot of you have families too. A lot of you have spouses, a lot of you have kids, a lot of you have elderly parents that depend on you. A lot of you have fur babies. So I hope that you guys are staying safe as well. So, careers, picking your career. This is something that I think a lot of us deal with in our lives and not necessarily young people. I know it's it's something that young people deal with in their 20s or sometimes later teens, like 18, 19, when they go to college. Picking your career, I think now that people are trying to tell young kids that it's okay to pick a career that you enjoy. You don't want to just go for a career for the money. But you want a career you enjoy, but you know, the money does count too. Depending on where you live, the cost of living could be high. Um, the loans you gotta pay back. The loans you gotta pay back, child. The loans you gotta pay back. But do your research. If you are in college or on your way to college and you're trying to find what career path is gonna work for you, do your research. Find out what interests you. If you can follow somebody, if you can get a mentor, if there's somebody in your family that has a specific career that intrigues you, follow them for a day or for a week and see what it's like. And I would recommend that you ask them to be as candid about their career as possible because every career has its ups and downs. Every career has its high and lows. Every career has their unnecessary politics. And if you are working under a certain company or you know, you're working under a boss. Sometimes there's a lot of favoritism. Nepotism is big. A lot of places, it's not about what you know. It's not about your degree. It's not about how well you can do the job. It's about who you know, unfortunately. That's just the way things are, unfortunately. So try to follow somebody as much as you can so you can kind of get some kind of insight of, okay, maybe this might be for me. And if you don't have a mentor or if you don't have anybody to follow now, your best bet, and it's free, Google it. Google it. You'll be surprised how many forums, how many, you know, Reddit posts, you know, Reddit, yeah. How many Reddit posts, how many Facebook groups you'll find about a certain profession and the people that are in that profession, a lot of them will be 
as blunt and as candid as they can be about their profession. Google it. Google it. Wanna look up the salary? Look up the salary. You wanna look up the tuition for a certain school? Look that up. You you have the internet, you have the world literally in the palm of your hands. Do your research before you choose a career path. And even if you're in college right now, do your research. And you're not gonna find the perfect job. There's all every job is gonna be stressful in some type of way. Every single job is gonna be stressful in some type of way. Now there are those jobs that are just a lot more stressful than other jobs, like first responders, um, healthcare, military. I think those are, those are the three that I'm thinking of right now. Those jobs, you're taking a risk every day that you go to go to work. First responders, I think that's you know your EMTs, your paramedics your uh, police officers, your firefighters. I, I think that's that's what first responders is, right? I think so. But, you know, you have your healthcare workers, your doctors, nurses, uh, respiratory therapists, radiologists, uh, pharmacists would be in healthcare as well. Those have their risks and you're just, that's just what you sign up for when you take those jobs on. Military, of course. Thank you to our uh, our troops and our military. Thank you for your service. Military, of course, that has its risk as well. The minute you go into those jobs, those are the only three categories I can think of right now. You know you're taking a risk every day. And I'm, I'm saying this only because with everything that's going on right now, the people that are dealing with this illness head on, it's a lot on them. And I think that sometimes we can be a little bit harsh because we're not in their shoes. There was a nurse in Georgia that quit her job. Uh, I think it was like last week or a couple of days ago. Maybe like last week, Thursday or Friday. She quit her job because they sent her to um, a floor where most of the patients there either already had the virus or being were being tested for it. Now, on the floor that she usually works on, I guess she spoke to her manager. They know her history. She's a cancer survivor. I think either twice or three times. I know she had it more than once. She's a cancer survivor and she has two little kids at home that she's the, she's the only person taking care of them at the moment. Um, I believe their father is out of state, from what I remember from her uh, Breakfast Club interview. And this young lady got so much hate online. There were a lot of people that supported her. There were a lot of people that supported her. But she got so much hate online for walking away from her job. As somebody that's been in the healthcare field, I worked during the Ebola scare. Everybody was on edge. Everybody was on edge. And as a nurse, I know there's certain politics, there's certain things that go on behind the scenes that the people on the outside looking in don't know. I know that sometimes, you know, your bosses, your managers, your DONs, sometimes they're not the nicest or the best people. A lot of times they don't care about the well-being of their staff. They don't care about the well-being of their nurses. 
A lot of times you're just a number to them. And the one thing I've learned about healthcare, my patients are my priority, but it's also my priority to protect myself as well. God forbid if something were to happen to me or any other nurse that's on that floor, they will replace you the next day. Okay? And that that's honestly for any job. That's honestly for any job. Now, every job that I've worked at, I give my all because that's that's the oath I took when I got into healthcare. That's and I love helping people, which is why I even got into um into healthcare. I give my all. But to say that I'm going to sacrifice myself or risk my life or not protect myself properly, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And she had every right to walk away from that. Especially right now when we're hearing that there's not enough protective gear, there's not any protection equipment, which is PPE. Um, I believe it's personal protective equipment or protection. It's been a while, child. Anyways, they don't have the correct the um, correct PPE. They don't have enough PPE. And the way that I saw it, comparing the the equipment from what I've seen overseas, overseas they were dressed up from head to toe with like um, like heavy duty equipment. Their masks were snug, tight. They had goggles on. The equipment that I've seen, some of the nurses have on. It's that thin, flimsy, disposable gown. The mask that covers your nose and your mouth, but it's still open to the sides. They're wearing no goggles. Like the equipment I'm seeing, I've seen them wear in China and South Korea compared to the equipment that they're wearing here in America. These people on the front lines have a right to be upset. They have a right to be they have a right to feel the way that they do. They have a right to feel the way that they do. They have families too. They have people depending on them to come home every night too. They have people at home that need them too. They have people at home that they need to protect from this too. And I think that's what people are not understanding. I understand that there's certain jobs that it's automatically a risk that you that you sign on for i get it i get it i've been in healthcare for years i understand that but at the same time i have to protect my life too and i understand her decision um what i have posted it on social media not necessarily but i think that she has her reasons she has her reasons a lot of from what my understanding is, a lot of people want to speak out. A lot of people want to say certain things, but their healthcare facility or, you know, their hospital institution or whatever is trying to make sure that they don't say anything. And that happens because again, these large corporations and entities want to protect themselves. They worry more about protecting themselves than they do about making sure that their staffs, their staff and workers are well protected. And it's not just the nurses and doctors. You have to think about the custodians, um, the people that do the laundry, 
the people that clean the rooms. You have to think about the kitchen cook and the kitchen staff. You think about the transporters. You think about the techs. You think about the radiologists, the pharmacists, pharmacy techs. You think about all those people that are being exposed every single day. It's not even just the nurses. It's not just the nurses, it's not just the doctors. It's not just the nurse practitioners. It's, it's not just them. And I feel like with the way that things were handled with this virus, a lot of people are going to be contemplating different career paths after this. And I don't blame them. Some may stay, that's understandable. Some really love what they do. But I think a lot of people are going to be looking into something different. And again, I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. I just didn't like how this woman was being judged so much. People in the healthcare field were judging her. You know, they, they understand the risk that they take and they're okay with that. They're okay with possibly bringing that home to their kids. You know, that's, that's fine. But the people from the outside looking in judging her, you don't know. Some of the things that healthcare workers have to deal with, you don't know. You don't know. I don't think it's fair to judge somebody and they make such a drastic life decision like that without walking a mile in their shoes. You don't know. You don't know. And from my understanding from the interview she did on The Breakfast Club, I guess it was something with management that happens too. Um, again, as somebody that's been in healthcare for years now, I've walked away from jobs before. And I will say the best thing about healthcare, if this is a career that you're thinking of, it ain't the pay, baby. It ain't the pay. If you're trying to be a nurse, it ain't the pay. Unless you're gonna be a traveling nurse. Traveling nurses make decent money, but you know, you have to be at least an hour out from where you live. Um, but I know that they have their certain they have their certain pros and cons as well for traveling nurses. And from whatever, it's a little hard for families, especially families with kids. So that can be a little tough to travel. Um, it ain't to pay for the amount of stress, the amount of work, the amount of things that nurses have to do. And every day, every week, it feels like they're adding more on for nurses. The pay is not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. The many years that I've been in healthcare, I can honestly say that the most I got paid was my last job, and that was a desk job, a nursing desk job. So imagine all those years of me running around, going crazy, crying in the break room in between patients, trying not to lose it on the floor. <clears throat> Excuse me, my voice cracked. Try not to lose it on the floor. Um, being pregnant, not being able to eat until, you know, I worked morning shifts, that's 12 hours, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Being pregnant, not being able to eat till maybe four or five o'clock in the afternoon all day. Uh, using the bathroom maybe once, if that. I've actually gotten home before after a shift and forgot to use the bathroom all day because I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off all day 
Staffing is always an issue because they can't keep people. They can't keep nurses. And I've left jobs before because I felt like physically, emotionally, and mentally, I was gonna lose it. I've left jobs before. So I can't judge this, this, um, this young lady at all. And when I did those things, it was before I even had kids. So imagine her having kids. You, you leave a job, they do an exit interview. They ask you, well, what could we have done better? What could we have done better to keep you? What can we change about our facility or institution? And they'll tell you if you're eligible to be rehired and you know, you'll talk to your colleagues months later or years later and nothing has changed. What's the point of doing an exit interview? If you want to keep your same MO, don't do an exit interview. Keep your same MO and you're still going to have that revolving door effect with all your, all your nurses and most of your staff. Don't waste people's time. I get you're trying to cover your butt. Healthcare is all about CYA, cover your asterisk, you know, and that goes for everybody. They're trying to cover their butt, but I mean, if you're not going to change nothing, don't front. If you ain't about it, don't be about it. Don't front. But yeah, I've walked away from jobs before. Because at the end of the day, again, if anything were to happen to you today, to a lot of them, you're just a number. If anything were to happen to you today, they will find somebody the next day. So a lot of these institutions, to a lot of these facilities, you're just a number. I'm not saying that there aren't facilities and institutions out there that really care about their healthcare professionals, that really care about the well-being of their nurses, but some of them just don't. Some of them, it's all about saving money. It's all about catering to the patients. And I understand that the patients are the ones that are sick. But if you have your patients spitting at your nurses, cursing at your nurses, hitting your nurses, hitting on your nurses over and over again, there, there has to be some kind of fine line where you say, okay, I have to protect my staff. I have to protect the people that actually keep this place running. There has, something has to click. Eventually something has to click. But a lot of these institutional corporations and facilities, they just care about saving money and they just care about making money. It doesn't matter how, how undersupplied they are. It doesn't matter how understaffed they are. Who deals with the, the brunt of everything? The workers, the people on the floor. And who gets the bonuses and the vacations and all that good stuff? People at the top. That's just, that's just how it is. And I will say that all the years I've been in healthcare, my last job was amazing. And to be quite honest, that's the only job that I've actually enjoyed while being in healthcare. That's the only job I actually enjoyed doing. And I have talked to people before who are considering healthcare. I always say that if you're gonna consider healthcare, if you're gonna consider being a nurse, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. 
because it's not the money. Unless you want to travel, but of course, traveling has its you know pros and cons as well. Because I, I heard travel nurses make money. I, I know a lot of uh, travel nurses, but make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. You have to have thick skin. You gotta have a strong stomach. Uh, you gotta have a strong nose because sometimes you're gonna smell certain things that might stay with you. I don't mean to be too um, too blunt or too graphic, but it's, it's true. You're dealing with people that are ill. You're trying to help people heal. You're trying to help people you know, help you go back home. You know, you're helping the sick, wounded, and the ill. So you're gonna see and smell certain things. And you have to be able to speak up for yourself. Because certain situations, you're gonna have to speak up for yourself. Dealing with certain people, dealing with certain doctors. Some of these doctors are straight up jerks. I wanted to say the, the A word, but I'm trying to be, I don't want to curse. So. Some of these doctors are straight up jerks. As nice of a person as I am, I've gone back and forth with doctors before and I would do it again in a heartbeat. Just because you got that MDDO after your name doesn't give you the right to disrespect people. Cause I know for sure you don't talk to your mama like that. Yeah, some of them are just jerks. But there were really nice ones. I remember the nice ones. The best part about being in healthcare from my experience, of course, I met some amazing people. I've had some amazing patients. Some of them weren't, weren't so nice. You know, you have the ones that curse at you, throw things at you, get mad at you. Yeah, certain things you deal with, it's like, yeah. But you do have the right to refuse a patient if you're uncomfortable, that you have the right to do that. So she had every right to refuse not going to that floor. She has the right to do that. Yeah, the best part for me uh, being in healthcare was my my patients. The nice ones. The nice ones. <laughs> the nice ones. Even the, um, even some of them, I don't remember their names. I remember their faces. The patients. I met some sweet people and sweet families being in healthcare. So I have to say that. And another great thing about being in healthcare, my coworkers, my team, yeah, my team, a lot of them I still keep in contact with. I still, you know, DM or text every now and then out the blue. I've met some amazing, amazing people. I've worked with some amazing people in healthcare, amazing people. Make sure that's something that you wanna do. The way that these healthcare entities don't want to change how they treat their employees a lot of these nurses are either leaving, trying different careers. A lot of them are furthering their education. Some of them are becoming nurse educators, nurse managers. A lot of them are becoming nurse practitioners. A lot of them are just leaving, leaving the floor. So there's always a shortage of floor nurses. But for some reason, these facilities don't wanna get it through their heads that you gotta start treating your employees better. You have to start treating your floor nurses better. Nurses are the core of healthcare. I don't care. I've seen a lot of things. I've worked with a lot of people. I've worked with all types of doctors and DOs and I've worked with them all. Nurses are the core of healthcare. And until these facilities understand that you have to start treating them better, 
there's always going to be a shortage. Always. There's no reason for me to be coming on shifts and you're understaffed. You're piling on patience on me. You're giving me more work to do. I don't have a tech to help me. And I love my CNAs. I love my techs as well. Love, love, love them. Having a, a CNA and a tech that is willing to do their job 100% and you guys can work together makes your day go a thousand times smoother. I love CNAs and I love techs. Um, I mean, I was one, so it's, um, I don't understand why they're not getting that. There's always going to be a shortage. There's always going to be that revolving door for nurses until, until they start treating them right. I'm telling you, healthcare cannot run without nurses. Everybody has their part and everybody works together to make everything run smoothly as a whole. Your nurses, your doctors, your secretaries, your transporters, your kitchen staff, um, your finance people, your HR, you know, security. Lord knows we need security for some of these people. But um, <laughs> everybody has their part and everybody as a whole makes it run smoothly. But nurses hold it all together. I'm telling you, I've worked in hospitals. I've worked in long-term care facilities. I, I've worked in pharmacies. I, I've worked, I've worked it all. Nurses keep it together. Nursing is one of those professions that it just takes a toll on you emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. It, it's just hard. It is hard. It takes a toll on you. There's been many days I've had to go to the bathroom, even if I didn't have to use the bathroom and just cry a little bit. The bedroom was my escape. That's where we all went to the bedroom. We all went to the bedroom to talk, to pep each other up, to comfort each other, to cry sometimes. If I had to fart, I'd go to the bedroom and fart. You know what I mean? And if somebody walked in there afterwards, whoops, my bad, <laughs> you know? So it's, um, it's such a hard profession, but the fact that there's always a, a shortage they have to start treating nurses better. They have to. They have to. And it's, it's a trickling effect, you know. As as hard as times are right now, as scared as a lot of people are, a lot of these facilities don't know what to do. They don't have the proper equipment. They don't know how to truly handle this. They're not getting the correct information. But, you know, it's trickling down from the top. It's trickling down from the top. Nobody really knew how to address this. Nobody really knew how severe it was gonna be. Cause we have started trying to prepare a little bit, just just a little, 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 little bit. Yes, we could have. Honest truth, we could have. We didn't know how bad it was gonna be. No, but we could have tried to prepare a little bit. And it's just, it's terrible that, you know, the healthcare workers, the grocery store workers, the bank tellers, the first responders, pharmacy work, like everybody that's an essential worker is just dealing with the brunt of this. It's just, it's terrible. And, you know, the best we can do is, 
If you know somebody who has to go to work, who's in the front lines of this virus, check on them. Check on them, text them, FaceTime them, call them. You know, if they're not in your home, in your home with you, check on them. Because as scared and frightened as we all are, we don't know how scared and frightened they are. And I understand that, you know, you could encounter this thing anywhere from anybody, but they are literally dealing with people on a day-to-day -day basis. And a lot of them are dealing with the ill. Check on them. Just check on them. Check on them and see how they're doing. And people need to understand that when you do choose to go into healthcare, you are there. The one thing people say, they love helping people. Yes, they love helping people. They want to help people get better. They want to comfort people. They want to comfort their families. But that does not mean they have to sacrifice themselves. That does not mean they have to sacrifice their well-being. That does not mean that they ultimately have to sacrifice the well-being of their families, their kids. People need to understand that. We don't go into healthcare thinking about that. I've had days where I didn't have personal protective equipment on my floor and I had to go in a certain patient's room that, you know, you know, they, they were isolated for whatever reason. I stood there at the door and I said, Hey, how are you? I introduced myself, said hi to them. You know, I didn't go through the door, but I stood at the door, you know, introduce myself to them and say, I'm waiting on this to come in. And once it comes in, I will be in there. I'm not risking myself. I'm not risking my family. I'm not risking my children. I can still do my job and still check on my, my patients, make sure that they're okay without risking my well-being. That's not what I signed up for. You can't expect me to do my job and not have the resources and the tools that I need to do my job properly. You don't know what that person could be exposing to me and you don't know what I could be exposing to that person. People need to understand that. Sometimes we could be exposing the patient to certain things. So until, you know, I got my stuff, I was checking on that person, introduced to them. And then like maybe, you know, 15, 20 minutes later, my PPE came in and went right in there and took care of my people. You can be an effective healthcare worker without risking yourself, but you have to have the proper protocols. You have to have the proper PPE. You have to have the proper, um, the proper resources. And I think that's the problem right now. Healthcare might take a hit after this. It, it really might. And that's unfortunate because there's a lot of amazing, amazing healthcare workers out there. I've worked with plenty of them. There's a lot of amazing healthcare workers out there. I hope that this is a lesson for the people at the top. I hope that this is a lesson for the huge healthcare corporations, the healthcare facilities, all the healthcare entities. You can't function without your healthcare workers. I really hope that when we can go back to our regular lives, I really hope that 
will take better care of those essential workers. Um, it's, it's, it's hard right now seeing that, to see the sun rise again. It's hard right now seeing that silver lining. It's hard right now thinking of what it's like to be over the rainbow. I mean, it's hard seeing it right now, but we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. So with that being said, just be, kind of be wise in your career choice. And we're all just trying to get through this together as a nation, as, as a world. I mean, the world is dealing with this now. We're all just trying to get through it together. We can comfort somebody. If we can check on somebody via text or FaceTime. Remember, social distancing. If we can check on somebody, if we can spread love, light, laughter, however we can, let's do that. Because we could all use it right now. Even those that are saying that they're not afraid or that they don't believe that this illness exists. I'm hoping that you are taking the proper precautions though, just just to protect other people. You know, I would I would hate for you to get affected because of your recklessness or not listening to the proper protocols um, set by the CDC. Just wash your hands, follow proper hygiene, stay home if you can, work from home if you have that ability, if you have that privilege social distance as much as you can. Even if you're not worried or you feel like you're not at risk, somebody else is, you know, be considerate of that person, be considerate of their family, you know, just be considerate of others, especially during this time, be considerate of others. And for those that may have lost their job during this time, please keep your head up. Um, again, we're all praying and hoping for that silver lining. We're all just hoping that things will get better and we'll be able to get through this. Please keep the faith, keep the hope, spread the love. And I hope that, I hope that this episode was not only enjoyable, but I hope it, it helped give some light to your life, especially right now. I hope it did. And, um... Thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you in the next episode. And we're going to get through this. We're going to get through it. Bye-bye.